Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. So much to get to today. The all-star teams have been completely announced, so I will get to all of that. Everything you need to know, you'll hear it in just a few minutes. World Baseball Classic news. Some of that dropped. I'll get to that. And also, it's the first episode of the week. Team of the week. Player of the week. Brand new power rankings and buy or sell. So much coming at you this episode. Let's get to it right now. Let's go. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10 3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real finish. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. It is all-star game time, my friends. Tons of new news has come out over the weekend. Flipping Bats will be there. I will be there on site at Dodger Stadium. Starting this week, so much content coming at you regarding the all-star game and obviously all through the home run derby, the all-star game, all that good stuff. But over the weekend, we've seen the starters announced and the reserves. So what I want to do is give you all the information you could possibly need for the all-star game. I'll start with the starters. We'll get to the reserves, the pitchers, and of course, some of the biggest snubs because there were some pretty big snubs this year. But we'll start in the American League and the starters that were named a few days ago. The reserves were named on Sunday. But the starters at catcher Alejandro Kirk, first base Vladimir Guerrero Jr., second base Jose Altuve, third base Rafael Devers, shortstop Tim Anderson. In the outfield for the American League, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, who is the leading vote-getter for the American League, and Giancarlo Stanton. That was a tight one. Came down between him and George Springer. At designated hitter for the American League, Shohei Otani beats out Jordan Alvarez by mere percentage points. It was like 1% or 2% difference. It was wild there. So those are the starters in the American League. Now for what was all announced on Sunday. All the reserves and all of the pitchers coming at you from the American League. We'll start with the pitchers. Shane McClanahan, because of course, best ERA in baseball or best ERA in the American League. Nestor Cortez, Alec Manoa, Fromber Valdez, Martin Perez, Paul Blackburn, Garrett Cole, Shohei Otani, and Justin Verlander. Shohei Otani, now back-to-back years named starter in the lineup at designated hitter and named a starter as a pitcher. The first time in history that a player has ever made the All-Star game as both a pitcher and a hitter, and Shohei Otani has done it in back-to-back years. I say it all the time. I'll say it again. Appreciate it. My brother, Justin Verlander, also on this list. He is now a nine-time Major League Baseball All-Star. This one, almost as sweet as any other. This is probably the sweetest of all because... He's been out for two years. He's 39 years old. He's doing things that are 
quite frankly, unprecedented. No pitcher has ever come back from Tommy John surgery at this age and done what he is doing. Now he's doing it and he's getting the recognition for it. He is an all-star. He, he will be out here in L.A. in just over a week. And I could not be more proud. Um, you know, this was fairly certain. You know, you never want to count your chickens before they hatch. But I pretty much knew Justin was going to be an all-star. But when his name was officially announced, well, I was told, when, when I was told, when Justin called to tell me that he was an all-star, um, that was pretty special. And it was just, you know, another moment that gave me goosebumps and something that I will never forget. Nine-time Major League Baseball All-Star. So those are the starting pitchers. On the reliever side, Clay Holmes, New York Yankees. Emmanuel Classe of the Guardians. Gregory Soto of the Detroit Tigers. And Jorge Lopez of the Baltimore Orioles. All right, now on to the reserves. So the guys that didn't quite make the starting cut, but they are a they are still officially Major League Baseball All-Stars. Jordan Alvarez, of course, he's the best hitter in baseball right now. Jose Ramirez, Miguel Cabrera, who is in via the, the legend clause that Rob Manfred picked. Jose Trevino, Luis Arias of the Twins, Andres Jimenez of the Guardians, Xander Bogarts, the Red Sox, George Springer, who narrowly missed out on starting Byron Buxton of the Twins, Andrew Benintendi of the Royals, Kyle Tucker of the Astros, and Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. I am so pumped that Julio Rodriguez made the All-Star game. As a rookie, as one of the biggest prospects that we've seen probably since Fernando Tatis, I know that's not that long ago, but Fernando Tatis has shown that he is a superstar in the game. Julio Rodriguez is showing that he is a superstar in this game as well. What he has meant to that team that is now on a roll and just outside of a wild card spot can't be stated enough, and I am so happy that he is an all-star. I was thinking that there was a chance he didn't make it and that his first all-star game could come next year when it's actually in Seattle, but I am pumped he actually did make it this year. So, those are, the, those are the reserves, the pitchers, a lot of first-timers on here, most notably probably Shane McClanahan, who has a good chance to start the All-Star game, Julio Rodriguez, who I just mentioned. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a good list. But there are a few snubs that come along here, and some that really were, were tough to swallow, honestly. Um, first and foremost for me is Ty France. Friend of the pod, just had him on thought it was a certainty that Ty France would be an all-star and he's not he was a he was a finalist behind so Vladimir Guerrero Jr. ends up winning the vote but that was over Ty France and honestly Ty France deserved to win that starting spot he just didn't get it because he's not Vladdy Jr. but Ty France leads all of American League first baseman in batting average on base percentage OPS war and he's playing a gold glove caliber first base. Bob Nightingale, who I like to call Bob Nightingoat, tweeted this. Mariners first baseman Ty France, who's hitting 310 with 10 homers and 45 RBIs and an 851 OPS, was not selected by his peers. He likely will be among the first alternates with injuries this next week, including Jordan Al Alvarez's hand injury. So I do think this is important to note before we get into all these snubs, but it's still kind of frustrating that these guys weren't in originally, but some of these names, if not 
most of these names that I'm about to mention are hopefully going to get in. Ty France hopefully gets in, but he's a he's a big time snub for me, probably the top. Next up for me, Dylan Cease of the White Sox, fifth lowest ERA amongst qualified starters, top 10 in war, second in K rate. I mean, how does Dylan Cease not get added to this? Dylan Cease has the fifth lowest ERA among qualified AL starters, top 10 in both F4 and B war, and is second in strikeout rate. His strikeout rate is so high that despite having the highest walk rate, he still has the third highest K to walk percentage. And he was not named a Major League Baseball All-Star. Okay, let's take statistics out of this. If you just don't even look at what Dylan Cease has done this year on the pitcher's mound and just look at his mustache, he should be an All-Star. Period. Plain and simple. Top-tier mustache, and he should be in the All-Star game. Another for me in the American League, Michael King. Michael King of the Yankees has been the best or second best behind Clay Holmes reliever on a New York Yankees team that's been the best team in baseball. He should be in. And Taylor Ward, last for me in the American League. I could go on and on and on, but I'm just going to do the top ones. For me, Taylor Ward not getting in, what he meant to that Angels team at the beginning of the year when they were off to such a hot start and looked to be a really good team. We learned that that isn't the case, but Taylor Ward deserves the credit to st- for starting the year the way he did. Kind of frustrating for me, but injuries played a big role here. And I honestly fear and think that Ty France, the injury, it's the timeliness of this. Ty France probably would have started the All-Star game, but he wasn't healthy during the voting, so he didn't end up winning that. But I also think anybody that is an All-Star game finalist after Phase 1, you should automatically be in if you're a finalist. Automatically. Ty France should be in because he made it to Phase 2 of the voting. It was him and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You should automatically be in. That's my rant there. So I like my rules. Let's move on over to the National League side of things, where I will tell you the starters and the reserves and the snubs there. On the National League side, catching Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs at first base, Paul Goldschmidt, St. Louis Cardinals at second base, friend of the pod, Jazz Chisholm Jr., Pretty pumped about that one. Over at third base, Manny Machado. At shortstop, narrowly edging out Dansby Swanson, Trey Turner. In the outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr., who was the leading vote-getter in the National League, as well as Jock Peterson and Mookie Betts, the designated hitter for the National League. The winner there was Bryce Harper, who obviously has a broken hand. He will not be starting the All-Star game. The starting designated hitter, for the National League in the All-Star game is going to be William Contreras. So, cool story that we saw recently. William and Wilson got to play against each other on the same field. Now they're going to be in the same lineup for the All-Star game. Wilson Contreras at catcher, William Contreras at designated hitter. Really, really cool story. One of the one of the big storylines for me there um, for this National League lineup. All right, let's move on over to the reserves and the pitchers. We'll start with the pitchers. Starting pitchers, Clayton Kershaw, love that. Going to be pitching in L.A., all-star, totally deserved. Next up, Sandy Alcantara, first-time all-star, much deserved. Corbin Burns, friend of the pod and Cy Young winner last year. He's there. Josh Hader, Luis Castillo, Max Fried, Tony Gonsolin, Joe Musgrove. 
So this graphic, we those were all supposed to be starters. Josh Hader, I don't believe, made the All-Star game as a starting pitcher, so I will list him again when I talk about the relievers. But the end of those starters there, Luis Castillo of the Reds, Max Fried of the Braves, Tony Gonsolin, lowest DRA in baseball of the Dodgers, first-time All-Star, and friend of the pod, just had him on, and Joe Musgrove, friend of the pod. Oh, my God. That's a lot of friend of the pods there. Corbin Burns, Tony Gonsolin, Joe Musgrove, Man, good stuff there. All right, on the relieving side, Josh Hader, who has been one of the best, the best closer in baseball over the last few years. Josh Hader has made it. Edwin Diaz, who, fun fact, has struck out more than half of the batters that he has faced this year for the New York Mets. Edwin Diaz is also an all-star. Ryan Helsley, David Bednar, and Joe Mantiply. I actually got drafted with Joe Mantiply in the Tigers organization Now an all-star for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Could not be more pumped for him. Those are the relievers on the National League side. And the reserves, of course, first and foremost, the legend pick from Rob Manfred is Albert Pujols. Next up in the infield, we have Nolan Arenado, St. Louis Cardinals, Pete Alonzo, New York Mets, C.J. Crone of the Rockies, Jeff McNeil of the Mets as well. Dansby Swanson, who I think should be starting this game at shortstop. Uh, it was so close between him and Trey Turner. I would have liked to see it be Dansby, but can't go wrong with Trey Turner. Obviously, he's a lot of fun to watch. Those are the infielders. In the outfield, we have Juan Soto, Kyle Schwarber, Starling Marte, and Ian Happ. Soto of the Nationals, Schwarber of the Phillies, Marte Mets, and Happ of the Cubs. On the catching side of things, we have Travis Darneau of the Atlanta Braves and William Contreras, who is going to be the starting DH. He is of the Atlanta Braves as well. So those are the reserves. A couple points here. First thing that comes to mind when talking about the catcher is that there was an egregious miss on catcher here in the National League, and that is Will Smith. On the National League side of things, Will Smith is the biggest snub, in my opinion. Will Smith is tied for first in the National League in home runs. For This is amongst catchers. Second in RBIs. Second in OPS. How is Will Smith not on here? Since Will Smith has become a catcher in Major League Baseball, he there's an argument that Will Smith is the best catcher in baseball over the last few years. But he did not make the All-Star team. Another snub for me in the National League, Carlos Rodon. Rodon is second in the NL in strikeouts. He has a 2.70 ERA, and he has a one. So this is his strikeout-to-walk ratio. 124 strikeouts, which we know is second best in the National League, and 32 walks. That is remarkable. Carlos Rodon not on the National League side. Rodon, who leads National League pitchers in FIP and WAR, is second in strikeouts, did not make the all-star team. I always love doing this because a lot of these guys will end up getting in. I know that, and I said that on the American League side of things. I'm talking now about a lot of guys that will get in, but it's still, to me, mind-blowing that they're not in in the first place. Now, who is Carlos Rodon going to get in over on the starting pitching side? That's when this gets tough because the National League starting pitching is remarkable. Clayton Kershaw, Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, who's the Reds rep, Max Fried, Tony Gonsolin, Joe Musgrove. I mean, you just start looking around, and it's like, who do you kick off 
I don't really see one there, but I still think he should be an all-star. I don't know. Expand the team. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But Carlos Rodon is an egregious miss. Josh Bell of the Nationals. 308 average, second in on-base percentage, third in war. This is amongst first basemen in the National League. First in strikeout-to-walk ratio. Josh Bell of the Nationals has been fantastic. I would have loved to see him be um, an all-star. I'm actually, quite frankly, not sure how. And this could be a hot take. I don't know. Juan Soto doesn't deserve to be an all-star this year. If there deserves to be a rep, if we're going to do the whole every team needs a rep, which... We could have a whole nother conversation on that. Josh Bell deserves to be it over Juan Soto. Now, yes, the power has been there of late for Juan Soto. It's starting to come back. We all know Juan Soto is one of the best hitters in baseball, if not the best hitter in baseball. But people aren't pitching to him. His walks are astronomical. He doesn't strike out. He walks a ton. His average isn't there this year, but average is a stat from the past. Nobody cares about that anymore. Advanced metrics just tell you Juan Soto is getting on base a lot, and it's because nobody's pitching to him. Josh Bell is hitting, and he's hitting well. The Washington Nationals tweeted this out. Josh Bell's ranks amongst all qualified NL first basemen coming into today. First in strikeout percentage. First in walk-to-K percentage. Second in average. Second in on-base percentage. Third in F-War. Third in WOBA. And third in WRC+. Those are all-star numbers, my friends. Uh, another another miss. There's a few more in the National League, but you look around and it's like, who who are you going to kick off? Freddie Freeman, I think, should be an all-star. The game is in his home stadium. No, I'm not talking the Atlanta Braves stadium. I'm talking about the Los, An Los Angeles Dodgers stadium. I think he should have been in. He's been playing great of late. It'd be nice to have him be there at home for the ovation that he would get from the crowd. He's not in. Zach Wheeler, fifth in the National League in ERA. Not in. Aaron Nola, not in. Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond. I forgot about him. I just got to him on my list, and it made me kind of decompress. I have a whole thing I want to say about Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond has the best war amongst infielders in all of baseball. All of baseball. Fifth best war behind Paul Goldschmidt, Sandy Alcantara, Nolan Arenado, and Shohei Otani. Those are the only people above Tommy Edmond, all of which Goldschmidt and Otani are they're starting. And the other guys, or Arenado was voted in. Sandy Alcantara has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Tommy Edmond, fifth best war in all of baseball. How do you not have him in? Everybody else that's in the top 10 is in. What are we doing? Tommy Edmond, big miss. Austin Riley, Miss. Austin Riley deserves to be in. A lot of these guys that didn't get named to the team just went off on Sunday, by the way. Austin Riley, massive day. Freddie Freeman hit a homer. But this is kind of all you need to know about the All-Star game. We've gone from starters to, to pitchers to reserves to snubs. That's everything you need to know. This all came out over the course of the last few days. Sunday, everything was announced. Sunday, we found out that my brother was a nine-time All-Star. We found out that Shohei was going to go back-to-back -back years being a starter as a hitter and as a pitcher. That's all pretty cool. A lot of information, a lot to catch you up on. Everything you need, All-Star game related, just stay right here. We will announce at some point throughout this week our plans. It is wild. Starting 
Well, it starts this week. The Tuesday episode will obviously be normal. Otani, all that stuff. Wednesday, we'll have a good guest. Starting Thursday through the All-Star game, it gets wild. Everything you need will be right here. We'll be live at Dodger Stadium. A lot of fun stuff coming up. But, whew, that was a lot. That was a lot of talking, but that is one thing I can do. Producer Ray is out here with me. Um, I don't even know where we're going next. I got all lost there and all flustered. Yeah, no, All-Star is definitely something to get excited about. I know for me personally, as a University of Arkansas graduate, seeing Andrew Benatendi, the seventh um, player to get selected as an All-Star, super excited about that. Out of Woo all Pig. Woo Pig Suey. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's the first one since 2019, so definitely a big uh, big deal for him. That's a, That is a big deal. Congrats to you and your alma mater. Blue pick. So once he makes it big, I'll have to get you an Arkansas shirt to wear. He's made show. it big. He's officially made it big. <laughs> MVP. <And> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. It's going to be back next year, 2023. Let's share some dates and locations. Yeah, the World Baseball Classic is coming. It was announced over the weekend. And I love the World Baseball Classic. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger every time they do it. For those that aren't super familiar, the whole point of this is – it's sort of like a World Cup feel, a World Cup of baseball. And this show is in the business of growing the game of baseball, and it is coming back. We missed it because of COVID, but it is back now. They announced the host sites. They announced the dates. So I just wanted to give you guys all that info because it just came out over the weekend. The host sites are going to be Taiwan, Japan, and Tokyo at the Tokyo Dome, Miami, Phoenix, Arizona, and yes, those are the host sites. So it starts on March 8th. The first games will be played March 8th. That'll be in Taiwan. The championship will be March 21st in Miami. Team USA is in Pool C with Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and whoever else qualifies there. Um, some really tough pools, though. Puerto Rico, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic are all in the same pool with Team Israel. That's remarkable. Um, so some other, yes, Japan, Korea, Australia, China are in Pool B and Pool A, Chinese Taipei, the Netherlands, Cuba, and Italy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So, yeah, the key things you need to know. March 8th start date, March 21st championship, which will take place in Miami. I would love to hopefully be at some of these games. There's some close in Phoenix, and that's starts March 11th. So Team USA will be playing March 11th in Arizona. Would love to be there. Um, so yeah, so last year, last time the World Baseball Classic took place was in 2017. That's the year Adam Jones made that remarkable catch. Adam Jones, friend of the pod, got to ask him about that catch on here. But some notable names that took place back in 2017: Marcus Stroman, Paul Goldschmidt, Andrew Miller, Eric Hosmer, Ian Kinsler, Nolan Arenado, Alex Bregman, Adam Jones, Andrew McCutcheon, Giancarlo Stanton. Christian Yelich, some big names playing this, and it's only continued to get bigger. This is growing the game of baseball worldwide, which is something that makes me happy. I love that. So just wanted to give you guys the info on dates, locations, all that good stuff. But 
Let's move on now. It is time. It is the first episode of the week, which means we got a couple things we always get to. And first and foremost, that is going to be my power rankings. We will start my top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings with, at number 10, the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners are back in the power rankings for the first time in a long time. Nobody is playing better baseball than the Mariners right now. Entering Sunday, the Mariners had a seven-game winning streak, tied for the fifth longest win streak of the season. They have been fantastic. They've won 12 of their last 15 games. They've gotten themselves just a game, a game and a half out of a wild card spot. They have crawled from deep in the depths of the division to right on the cusp of a wild card spot. They're not going to win the division because the Astros are very good, but they are right where they need to be. They are looking really, really good. Moving on to number nine, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are starting to get healthier. This is going to be big for them. Um, obviously they're in a battle there with the Cardinals in the NL Central. They're leading right now. They have Corbin Burns, who we all know is good. Brandon Woodruff is back. And Freddie Peralta is feeling good, coming back. Watch out for the Brew Crew. They're at number nine. Moving on to number eight in my top ten Major League Baseball power rankings, I have the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies are tied for the second-best road win percentage in baseball since June 1st. 750 after having a 417 win percentage prior to June 1st. Kyle Schwarber is just on another planet. The, the Phillies are here because of Kyle Schwarber. He's at 28 homers. Unbelievable. Kyle Schwarber, when the calendar turns to June, turns to Babe Ruth. I've said it a few times now, and it just continues to hold true. Moving on to number seven in this week's power rankings. I have the Boston Red Sox. This is similar to the, the, the Mariners. They're not going to win the division because the Yankees are so good. But the Red Sox are now 46 and 39. Very under the radar getting to this point because the Yankees are doing so well in the AL East. But the Red Sox have been fantastic. Tied for the most road wins in baseball since June 1st with the Braves. The Red Sox rake. We know that. The power surge hasn't really come along yet, but they rake. Their pitching has been serviceable of late. As long as they can pitch, they will be fine. Moving on to number six, the San Diego Padres. The Padres have hit a little bit of a tough spell. They were up there in the top five for a while. They're still doing really well. Entering Sunday, per fan graphs, the Padres have an 88.5% chance of making the playoffs, the highest amongst all non-division leaders in the National League. Their starting pitching is what has done this for them. Starting pitching, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Mackenzie Gore has stepped in and been good. Blake Snell has flashes of being good, but he just... Blake Snell hasn't figured it out yet as a Padre. When he does, because his stuff is just too good, they're going to be at another level. And then Tatis comes back, so watch out. Number five, the New York Mets. We know how good the Mets are. Max Scherzer's back. Max Scherzer was really good in his one outing back. Jacob deGrom is on the comeback trail. They need him. The Mets need to get going. They are hanging on by a thread to a division lead at one point that was double digits. It is now down to a game and a half. The Mets are tied for the league lead in Major League Baseball, though, with 297 RBIs with runners in scoring position. They hit when it matters. The duo of Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor have combined for 130 RBIs, the most by two teammates in all of Major League Baseball. They're here at number five. Moving on to number four, 
this was controversial last week, but I even more so believe it this week. I have the Atlanta Braves at number four ahead of the New York Mets. They've made up ground from 10 and a half now down to a game and a half behind the New York Mets. Since the start of June, they are playing better baseball than anybody. They are 29 and eight since June 1st. They have narrowed that gap down almost 10 games. Nobody's playing better than the Braves since the beginning of June. That's why I have them here above the Mets. Are they ahead of the Mets in the division? No. Could they be in a week? Yes. Does it matter for these rankings? No. I would much rather, if I'm a team outside of the National League East or anybody else besides the Braves and the Mets, I would rather play the Mets right now than I would rather play the Braves. And that's not a knock on on saying the Mets are just a, a bad team now. No, they're really good. The Braves have just been the best team in baseball since June 1st, and I now have them ahead of the Mets in my power rankings here at number four. Moving on to number three out in the NL West, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers entering Sunday 55-29. and 29. They entered Sunday on a six-game winning streak, their fourth win streak of six games or more this season. They are the only team to have four such streaks this season. They're also the only team in baseball with three starters inside of the top 25 in ERA. Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias, and Tyler Anderson. The Dodgers have been good, and they're just doing it on all sides of the ball. So they're here at number three. At number two, I have the Houston Astros. The Astros are just so good. Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in baseball. He just is. The Astros have been great. The rotation has been fantastic. Um, They lead MLB in reliever ERA, which is a big upgrade from last year. Last year, they were middle of the pack in reliever ERA. This year, they're leading all of baseball, and it's really paid dividends for them in terms of one-run ball games. They're winning a lot more one-run ball games this year. They're one of the two best teams in the American League. That's not a shock. We, We know this. We know that they are one of the two best teams. We know who number one in my power rankings is going to be again. And at number one, I have the New York Yankees, who are on pace to break the all-time record for wins in a season. So, of course, they're here at number one. Their run differential is plus 182, which is the highest in baseball, and one of just two teams that has a differential over 100. So they're at 182. They're one of only two teams that's even over 100. The other being the Dodgers at plus 149. Unbelievable. It is remarkable how good the New York Yankees have been this year. And they are, of course, again at the top of my top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings for this week. All right, and now it is time for my team of the week. One of my favorite segments. You all know the deal. Every position, one player at each position, the best player of the week at that position. So let's get to it. And we will start at catcher. At catcher, I have Eric Haas of the Detroit Tigers. 429 on the week with two homers, three RBIs. Don't look now, but the Tigers are rolling. Roaring, if you will. <laughs> Moving on over to first base. At first base on my team of the week, CJ Crone of the Rockies. All-star. C.J. Crone, 300 on the week, three home runs, and eight RBIs. He is a first-time All-Star. He's been on my team of the week, I think, three times now this year. So, pumped for him to make the All-Star team. Next up, over at second base, Marcus Simeon of the Texas Rangers. Simeon has been playing much better. After that slow start at the beginning of the year, 
320 batting average this week, two more homers, six RBIs. He's been fantastic at the at second base position for the Rangers, who are playing pretty good as well. Moving on over to third base, Austin Riley, who is an all-star snub. I hope he ends up getting in. The fact that he did not get in is crazy. 444 on the week, two home runs, and five RBIs. Austin Riley is my third baseman on Team of the Week. Next up, shortstop. We have an all-Texas Rangers middle infield. Corey Seager, 435 on the week, three home runs, and seven RBIs. Those numbers will get you on the Team of the Week pretty much every time. What a good week for the middle infield duo of the Rangers, which is pretty much all their offense, really. Moving on to the outfield, three outfielders, regardless of position, Juan Soto up first, 435, 533, sorry, 533 batting average, two home runs, four RBIs. Juan Soto is also an all-star. I don't know, a little surprised that he's an all-star, um, but alas, he is there. We all know he's perhaps the best hitter in baseball. Just not the best of years, but the all-star game is full of stars, and he is certainly one of them. He is an all-star and had a great week. My center fielder on this week's team of the week is Luis Robert. Robert ran 345 at the plate, two home runs, eight RBIs. The dude just does it all. He has been fantastic for the White Sox. That Look, I've kept held, holding on hope. I feel like the, the White Sox, I just keep saying, the White Sox are going to turn it on at some point. When's that going to be? They, they got to get going. Luis Robert is, is going, and he's going to be a big part of it if they turn it around. My last outfielder, Aaron Hicks of the New York Yankees. Hicks hit 400, three homers, a 1.578 OPS on the week. Remarkable. Next up, at my designated hitter position, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant able to be at the DH position because he's come back from an injury. He dh probably half of the games this week. Hit 348 with four home runs and five RBIs. Chris Bryant is my designated hitter. On the mound, starting pitcher, Clayton Kershaw. All-star, Clayton Kershaw. 14 point, 14 and two-thirds innings pitched. He got a win on the mound, a 0.61 ERA, and he struck out 18 guys in those 14 and two-thirds innings. Kershaw, despite the injury, when he has been out there on the mound this year for the Dodgers, he's been lights out. He's been vintage Clayton Kershaw this year. And finally, rounding it out, David Bednar of the Pittsburgh Pirates is my closer. Three saves, zero runs, three strikeouts. He wraps up my team of the week. But that still leaves my one player of the week and the Flippin' Bats pod player of the week is Chris Bryant of the Colorado Rockies. Chris Bryant comes back from this injury and not only hits his first home run of the year, he hits his first four home runs of the year. Four home runs on the week, 348 average, seven extra base hits, which led all of Major League Baseball, and five RBIs. He also had 27 total bases, which led all of baseball as well. This is just a feel-good story. Chris Bryant had been a tough, I mean, he had just been injured, and he's playing for the Rockies, which, you know, a lot of people weren't talking about him. And then he, he hits his first home run, and everybody says, oh, my God, he just finally hit his first home run? Well, yeah. And then he went ahead and hit four in four consecutive days. Remarkable. Chris Bryant had a fantastic week, and he is this week's Flippin' Bats Player of the Week. 
All right, and now before we wrap up, a fun segment that I always enjoy doing. Producer Rhea is out here to lead me through this. It is time for buy or sell, where I get a topic that I don't know what's coming, and I either buy it or I sell it. This has also gotten even more fun, Rhea, because now not only do we do it here, I also put it on Twitter and just get a bunch of responses, and then obviously my responses are here. But it's just turned into a lot of fun, so I like this. For sure. I feel like your Twitter audience loves it as well. I see a lot of chatter under your tweets for it. So I'm excited. Let's go ahead and dive in. The first buy or sell is the Mariners make the playoffs. Oh, are you buying? Are you cashing out? Or are you selling it? The Mariners that have won 12 of 15 um, have been on a roll, have gone from non-existent in the playoff race to a game and a half out of a wild card spot. Look, this is tough. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy the Mariners in the playoffs. Now, before the year started, I predicted in one of my, I had a bold take, a bunch of them. One of them was that the Mariners broke the longest playoff list. Is that a word? Playoff list? The longest drought without being in the playoffs in all of American sports. I believe they were going to get in, so I am buying that the Mariners get in. They are hot. They have been a lot of fun to watch. They've got me wearing this fun differential shirt because they're a lot of fun. This is from last year, but now they're having fun this year. I'm going to buy. Okay, that's a good buy. I like that one. All right, so next buy or sell. Tony Goslin will end the season as an MLB leader and wins. And before you answer, he's currently tied with your brother Justin right now. Oh, this is a good one. Tony Gonsolin ends the season as wins leader. I'm going to sell. And I'm selling because I feel like it's... I feel like Tony Gonsolin just had an incredible first half. Like, the best it can get for Tony Gonsolin. And it's been fantastic. He's had the best ERA in baseball is this repeatable? Can he have a one a 1.5 ERA all year long? I, I don't think so. I hope he does, but I don't think so. So for that reason, I think there's going to be a little bit of a regression to the mean. Now, I do believe since he's been in the big leagues, he's been a fantastic pitcher. So I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I don't think he's going to have this ERA all year. I don't think it's possible to repeat the first half that he had in the second half. And for him to be tied in wins right now, the fact that I think there's going to be a little bit of a regression, I'm going to say, I'm going to sell that he ends the season as the wins leader. And with him being tied with Justin, do you think Justin will end up being the leader or is it too early to tell? I don't know. This is tough. I would love to say yes, but wins is a tough, is a tough stat. Like wins is totally dependent on a team. Um, wins is, is a, is a stat from the past. No, wins aren't really as appreciated much anymore. I'm sort of on the fence there. I still think wins matter as a pitcher, but I also, um, understand and hear you that wins, a lot of it comes from the team you play on. A lot of it is luck. So I would love to say, yes, Justin will end up as the leader, but it's just, there's so much luck involved. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving on to a team that's been really hot lately, the Cardinals. So buy or sell, the Cardinals win the NL Central. 
The Cardinals win the Central. I'm going to sell. The Cardinals actually have not. The Cardinals have not been very good, and they need they need they need help. They need pitching help bad. Offensively, they're just expected to carry. You know, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Edmund, who I can't believe didn't make the All Star team. Um, those guys are tasked with carrying this team, and when they're not doing it, well, you see what the result is. You see that they're just not. They're not great. So. They need pitching help. I'm going to sell that they win the NL Central. I think the Brewers are going to win that division. Um, I'm actually on the fence of whether or not the Cardinals make the playoffs. Right now, with their team as is, I would sell that the Cardinals make the playoffs. They need to turn it around. They need to turn it around fast. Um, There's teams that are playing much better. I think between the Braves and the Mets, there's a guarantee one wild card spot there. I think the Padres are in pretty good position to have a second wild card spot. And right now, I think the Phillies, the Phillies are making a push to grab another wild card spot and the Cardinals need to figure it out and they need to figure it out fast. So I am not only selling that they win the NL Central, I will also sell right now that they make the playoffs. All right, so next up, buy or sell. Judge, Stanton, and Rizzo combined for 120 homers or more. Oh, I'm going to buy. Judge, Stanton, and Rizzo at this point have almost 80 home runs combined. Now, I at the beginning of the year in one of my bold takes said that the Yankees will have three players that do combine for 120 or more homers, which was at the time a very hot take because it's very rarely been done in history of baseball. I am now absolutely buying. I think they have a chance of getting to 130 or 140, obviously with Judge leading the way, but I am buying that that ends up happening. All right, so last but not least, buy or sell, San Diego's Padres Bob Melvin, manager of the year. Oh. Bob Melvin will win manager of the year in the National League. This is tough. Let me think about this one for a second. So I would say right now, I'm just going to take you guys along this journey with me where my brain is going. I'm going to good teams. Um, Braves obviously come to mind. Brian Snicker coming off a World Series. I'm going to sell. I'm going to say as of right now and who I think will end up winning is Buck Showalter for what he has done with the Mets and the NL East. Buck Showalter has been fantastic. So has Bob Melvin. So to me, it's it's 1A and 1B. I would go Buck right now because they're winning the division. Um, the Padres aren't going to win the division. If the Mets win the division, it is certainly Buck Showalter. If not, we could be seeing a toss-up. I do believe they'll both make the playoffs. But what they've both done can't be understated. We saw how talented the Padres were last year. Um, but it just all fell apart. You bring in a guy like Bob Melvin who knows how to win, and he's done it with a team that wasn't near as talented in Oakland. All A lot of credit goes to Bob Melvin, who hasn't even had his biggest star on the field yet. And on the other side, Buck Showalter deserves so much credit for what he has done with that team as well. A team that ha- was, you know, you have Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, and they haven't even pitched most of the year. Max Scherzer's pitched, but he's been out for a while. I'm going to say sell right now, and I'm going to go with Buck Showalter. Is that our last Is that our last buy or sell for the day? That was the last one. All right. That 
wraps up this Monday episode of Flipping Bats. Then this has been this has been a lot of fun. A lot to catch you up on today was full of just a lot of information. A lot of all-star game stuff coming at you. So now you're all up to date. You know who's in it. You know who got snubbed. I will keep you updated along the way because some of those snubs will end up getting in. World Baseball Classic stuff announced as well. I am pumped for that. That will take place in March. And, of course, Team of the Week, Power Rankings, all of that good stuff. This one has been a blast, and I will see you all on Tuesday. Make sure you like, subscribe, anywhere you're listening to your podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that good stuff. Rate it five, five stars while you're there. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, at Flippin' Bats Pod. You can watch every episode. We have a beautiful set here. And you can watch it. You can see it all unfold on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod as well. This one has been a blast. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace out, my friends.